You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. What in God's name are we doing? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! What? Did we just become best friends? Yep! Holy crap. I don't know who the hell we think we are when we do something like that. On a Thursday night on the horn. That must mean this is insincerious. I'm your host, Patrick Davis. With me, as always, the great Anthony White. Also joining us today, the digital wizard of the Austin Radio Network, Jacob Standard. On today's show, we will give you a little bit of draft recap, talking about the NBA playoffs, giving you the updates during the Lakers Warriors game. And while it keeps kicking off here, Black Sports Spotlight of the Week, a big old top shelf, bottom shelf. And, of course, some instant serious news, but let's start off the show by asking you, Anthony, the same thing we do every week. What's the best thing you saw this weekend? I mean, it was a no-brainer. It was the Lakers uh, just putting that nail in the coffin on those little kids and ending, uh, hopefully ending Brooks' career. It was a- ending his career completely? Completely. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I know but, it's not, but you know. But, no, it was it was nice to have them all have to. Well, Dylan Brooks avoided the he, – he took the fine. He took the fine and I mean, did not go to the post If you're going to talk all that – Mess like own it back up a little bit. Back yeah, come up. on. Don't take the fight. Uh, John Moran at least did come out and he was like, "Yeah, I got to own it." I said, "We're not worried about the West." And boy, did that quickly <laughs> bite us when we lost to a lower seed. Uh, I I will also say best thing this weekend, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy yeah. Butler, just in general, watching him play in the playoffs has just been fun. Just a guy that is so cocksure and sell and full of himself to be able to go in and then make it work. To be like, nah, give me the ball. I'm going to go score. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you're going to be open. He's like, I'll be open. <laughs> and then just goes down and hits a weird, like, fall over shot. Oh, it's good stuff. Good stuff there. Uh, let's get into some NFL. The NFL draft was this weekend. Shout out to Pluckers. Uh, Anthony and I were there uh, at the Pluckers Rio Grande. They had a uh, horn people all over town. Did uh, it, We did a terrible job with the. Uh, everyone picks? did. Everyone did. Okay. Uh, I think the, the most was like two more picks than us were okay. correct. And uh, there was apparently one Twitter account that was feeding him out early. Uh. So I think so. They may have gotten a couple of those picks right. But nobody was no one was dominating. But it was a fun time out at Pluckers uh, for their annual NFL draft party. But uh, when we did get through the draft, we've now had some time to uh, break it down, kind of kind of step away from the initial reaction where everybody – had their ideas of what they thought was the biggest story, the biggest winners and losers are, and let's get into our biggest winners. Uh, I will start off and tell you the one that I think everyone has, and this isn't just because of the draft, but it's because of how it is set up, how Howie Roseman has run this team, that they don't keep their own picks because they know they're going to be winners. So they don't want their own picks. They want to get other people's picks because they know they will be better than them because they will be drafting at the back of the first round. They don't have any of their own picks. They go take other people's, and they make really good picks. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, have a monster draft. It's great when you already have a really good team and you can just let people fall to you. Yeah, And you're yeah. just like, oh, Jalen Carter, you know, there's there's issues. But even if he doesn't play a ton, we'll have time to get him in shape. We have this support staff of people around him that are also Georgia Bulldogs, so we'll bring him in and we'll be able to get, you know, We'll be able to f- get him time to get stored up. And then when we lose somebody else, Jalen Carter will be there to step into the role. Uh, you get uh, just Nolan Smith being able to go to this team as well. It's a huge draft for the Eagles. Uh, is this is this everybody's number one winner? Does anybody else have a bigger number one winner? Anything else, anybody else have anything on the Eagles? No, that was the first name I wrote down to was the Eagles. And it's because of those two Georgia defensive linemen that you mentioned. I mean, the ability to just have those seemingly just fall to him, like you said. I was watching it happen, and I heard Chad go off about it on the midday show the other day about how it's infuriating watching them just seemingly just always get it, always get it, and fall into the best position yeah. possible. Yeah, and then I mean, you add in Moro Orjamo in the seventh round, where I really thought he was going to go earlier. He is a physical beast. He's still like twenty years old, twenty twenty one years old. He is super young. Uh, he came to Texas when he was seventeen, so he is super young. He had the most bench press out of any of the defensive uh, linemen, I believe. So this he can be something really special. He's not a finished product yet. They're able to get him in the seventh round, 
And so either you were able to build him up and have another weapon there on your D-line, or, you know, he becomes a project. But Moro Ojimo will have a job there for years because because of his intellect, as long as he wants to be in the NFL right there, he'll be a practice squad guy there at least for, for several years to come. Yeah, and so I won't say this team had a better overall, but just for them as a franchise, by far one of their best drafts in a long time, the Houston Texans. And getting to watch this draft with you, and get you seeing you get excited, the ex-Texan fan starting to slowly put the Texans uh, hat back on was uh, pretty awesome to see. And just to see them trade up to get the the third pick as well was uh, they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I mean this is one Houston being able to actually have a have a direction. Yeah, and be decisive in what they want to do. And yes, they did leverage their future. They one hundred percent leveraged their future. Everyone gets that. I, I do appreciate saying we know what we have right now and we don't know what we have next year. So mm. we know we have two first-round picks next year, but those picks technically could be 31 and 32. Now they're not going to be. No. <laughs> but they could be later picks. And you say if that pick, if they have if they have like what? If they're a top 15 team. So if they're a better, if they're a above 500 team, they're in the top half of the league then that trade was a good trade because they were able to take that 12th pick that would have been a 15th pick. Like you now have taken that pick and, and turned it into something better than what it was going to be. You aren't going to get a star player there. If you don't have a great season next year, you did leverage a lot. I like that they went for, to be decisive on it. Uh, I thought that it's really cool that you hear the thing with Tank Dell, yeah. the wide receiver out of Houston, that he had worked with C.J. Stroud. You're able to get a guy that is a hometown guy in Houston, played for the University of Houston, and then also has a connection to your to your your quarterback, so you're not necessarily getting the big name wide receiver. You don't get a Jackson Smith and Jigba that that uh, C.J. Stroud has uh, some some rapport with already, but you do get a guy that he knows from the from the combine that he's been talking to during the off season. And when they walk in day one, he won't be so just blindsided by being around a bunch of grown, grown men in a locker room, you have another friend there, which is really big. Yeah. Well, it's the Texans, so there's not that many grown, grown men. <laughs> oh, but, there's some grown, yeah, grown yeah. men in there. <laughs> there's some grown, grown men. I mean, they may not be good, but they grown. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think this is I, – I liked it. I You get another uh, center in there to add to your uh, your offensive line with, with cool names. So we got Laramie and Kenyon and Titus. <laughs> and uh, oh, I can't remember our other offensive guard. Uh, but you had Juice in there, so you know you needed that. You couldn't have any normal names. Scott Queensberry was your uh, starting center <laughs> right now. He still may be your starting center, but Scott, too normal of a name, had to move off and get uh, and get a uh, Juice in there. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, it, I think that and Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. We all know what he did to Texas to almost have Iowa State come back and beat Texas in that game. Uh, sure-handed guy. He's a, he's not exactly the prototype uh, physically for the NFL, but sure hands are a big thing, especially when you have a rookie quarterback and you're going to be wanting to get passes when he throws them in the right place. You want them to be caught. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of positives. I, I was just a huge fan of the the being decisive, going out, trying to get your guys. You know what you have now. You know they have the ability. That's another deal. You don't know how what the value of a third pick is next year. It could be terrible. Right. Or it could be it could be huge. Like if Quinn Ewers has a big season, Drake May has a big season, and and we know Caleb Williams is gonna have a big season. Well now that third pick is a star quarterback. That third pick is now well we can never get up to that pick. Yeah. yeah. We could never do the same thing we just did. So you don't know if you're gonna be able to find a guy. They were high on Will Anderson, they were high on CJ Stroud. All of the media talk was just media talk. You haven't heard any GMs come out and be like, oh, man, they really screwed up with that C.J. Stroud pick. It seemed that everybody was basically buying into it because everybody wanted C.J. Stroud to fall to them. Right. So everybody was okay with it. Uh, and it seemed that maybe the Texans were doing it just to get him to fall away from from Carolina, that it may have been their guy all along. And they were like, yeah, no, keep saying bad things. So they take Bryce Young. We're not sure. I could see – having guys come from the 49ers who had 45 injured quarterbacks last year that maybe they were a little <laughs> bit worried about a, a smaller quarterback. But I I, I like that draft. Uh, Jacob, Did you? what would you think of the Texans draft? 
of the Texans draft. Texans I like draft. giving you a hard time for it just because I know you're a Texans fan, and I'm I so back now. I'm so used to them being <laughs> terrible. But uh, no, if you, if it was anything, it was decisive. Like you said, it was aggressive and it was decisive, and it let it left no doubt in the room for anybody who still roots for the Texans. Like, hey, we're turning a page here. Or yeah. No, I did, that's to. why I had to be back. I had to be decisive and come back immediately to the Texans. <laughs> right. I also didn't want to like be like kind of wait around on who I was going to root for and then let them get good again and then come back. I'm getting back on a ground floor, still not a good team. Let me get back in now so in 20 to 35 years when they're good again, then I will be – right. all right, when they're good. I don't want to say again. I don't know if we've ever really been that good. I was I wrote with this team for a long time. The Bill O'Brien years were probably our high point. Once we get back to thing. a wild card spot. That's exactly. all. Once we get up 20-some points on the Chiefs, that, that five minutes of joy I got to have before the Chiefs rallied off, it wasn't even the halftime when we had the lead. By halftime, the Texans had already lost the lead in that game when they were up, I believe, 24 points. On the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, he's and, back. And by yeah. halftime, they had <laughs> already Texas lost it. Back. I'm yeah, out again. No, I'm, I'm just coming back. Uh, anybody else have any big winners? Uh, I mean, just Atlanta, just with the Bijan Robinson pick. I mean, it just fell to him, and it, it. I don't know if it's the best place for him, but you get a generational running back like that, you have to take that as a win. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have Arthur Smith. We we I heard some uh some audio from their the Falcons GM where he was talking about how they can use him in positionless, and everybody wants that Debo Samuel type that can catch the ball, run the ball, do everything. I think Bijan is that. He's got a little bit bigger frame and a little bit more uh, sturdiness to him than a lot of these guys that are transitioning where they're putting on mass like Debo Samuel. So they're more built like a wide receiver. He is built like a running back. So his the longevity of career may take a hit, but for right now you're probably going to get him in where you can have him more plays. You can get him like 25 plays, 30 plays a game where he has an impact versus where they have Cordell Patterson right now who can do that maybe five to ten plays, but the more you use Cordell Patterson, the less effective he is. Right, yeah, and I don't think the longevity – I mean, his body type does play a part in that, but just where he went, that longevity is going to be affected because, yeah. I mean – He's going to carry the ball a ton. Yeah, does anybody believe in the quarterback out there in Atlanta? Desmond Ritter, no. It'll be interesting to see how they use him. Uh, to see if they use him a little bit more running the ball. He had a junior year. I think he had 12 rushing touchdowns. It's only like 600 yards rushing, but it was like 12 rushing touchdowns. So they may try and use him a little bit more in not a real option, right? but more of a zone read where you know they give him a little bit more option to get outside of it. And then you can run a two-back set with Algiers and B. John Robinson as yeah. well. Yeah. And one of those guys lead blocking or – you know, you kind of you, there's a lot of options you can kind of mess around with. You also have Kyle Pitts, that is a athletic freak on that team. Drake London, so you can send Jets down the side. Can uh, you get the ball to him? That's the question. Is it's all <laughs> you can make a lot of different things happen, and it becomes down to all right. At the end of the day, is he going to be able to pull it off? Right. That is yet to be seen. If it doesn't, then it's going to weigh on Bijan for these next couple years. Uh, but you're you're hoping for the best right now, and then if not, say hey man, have a bad season this year. Then have a bad season. There's supposed to be two to three really good quarterbacks in next year's draft, yeah. and maybe you can sneak up and get that one. And and Arizona may be willing to make a trade too if they're deciding if they don't punt on Kyler Murray. <laughs> if they have a top pick, well, look, Kyler Murray's hurt. We all assume Arizona's going to have a bad season this season, right? Right. We're all on board that if Kyler Murray does not play this season, they're going to have a bad season. One hundred percent. So if they're getting one of the top picks, if they're a top three pick, they also have the Texans pick. So they have pretty good odds to have a top pick. If they have one of those and they don't want to punt on Kyler Murray, they're keeping Kyler Murray, so they're not taking a quarterback. Now they can trade that off, and it gives somebody else a chance to trade up and try and get that. So if you're like the Falcons and you have the seven pick or the five pick, you're able to go, all right, we'll give you three first-rounders to move up and go get Caleb Williams, and then that offense becomes insane. Or you get a Drake May or you get you reunite you reunite them with Quinn Ewers or something like that. You're able to put somebody else in there and try again. I think that's possible if Desmond Ritter doesn't work out. I think you could draft a, another guy next year. It is it is an experiment, but hopefully it'll work out for them. 
Yeah, no, I love the pick, and like you said, I love that was the second name I wrote down was the Falcons because I do love the draft class that they put together, and just like you said, it's centered around that Bijan pick. I mean, yeah. I know I was just talking about you know it's going to be a little predictable; they're going to be running the ball a lot, but still, he's one of those guys where you can hand the ball to him a bunch of times, people yeah. know it's coming, and you still can't stop it. Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, how many hits did he get hit behind the line of scrimmage at Texas? Right, and they were still positive yardage gains. That right. that's huge to have in the NFL. You have Algiers there as well. Who is going to be? I love their their thing. It was like Bijan can do this and that, and he can do all this. And what would we hear the other day with Tank Dell? This, that, and the third. Yeah, was his. He goes yada yada yada. This, that, and the third. We're like killer, nailed that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, but I think he can do all that. And then they just said Tyler Algiers, he's a sledgehammer. <laughs> he can do all of this. And then this guy runs downhill. We got that guy too. Uh, do you have another one, Jacob? Uh, I'm going to bring my bias into this and tell you that the Cowboys. That's had, a, that's, uh, that's wrong. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into the Cowboys. I'll, I'll put that off for a second. We'll we'll, t- we'll table that one. Uh, I will say Pittsburgh Steelers also had a pretty good draft, in my opinion. Uh, I think you get you address O line. You get Broderick Jones in there, getting trading back up and getting Joey Porter Jr. to bring yeah. him to where his dad won a Super Bowl is an awesome move and gives you a really good cornerback who fell in this draft. Darnell Washington, a tight end who slid so far due to injury concerns. <laughs> So I get there's injury red flags there, but you where you get him at, yeah, it's one of those yeah. things that when a guy slides, no one knows when to be like, hey, should we stop this slide? Right. Like he's he's a real value now, like a real, real value. And if he plays for us, we got this steal of the draft here. I think that's huge to bring him in. If he's able to work at all with Kenny Pickett this year, it's going to be a really fun experiment to see what he can do. So I'll put there on then. Biggest losers. So going off with the whole B. John Robinson the Lions. Not, the whole draft wasn't bad. I like that they took Hendon Hooker uh, late in the draft. I feel like he could be a potential uh, replacement for Goff. But to trade that pick, to fall back, and then to get Gibbs makes – I'm just baffled. Still baffled. Because I'm, I'm a huge Lions fan now, since last year. <laughs> I'm a huge Lions fan <laughs> as of last year. Used to be. <laughs> Used and, to. This, and just to watch them trade when they could have got Bijan. It would have been a, a great fit – in that in that scheme, and so I have to say the Lions. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about what they what the the Debo Samuel model, they they think they can do that with Jameer Gibbs too. But you say, well, if you could have running back one A, why do you want two B? Well, they like, just you, came out. Easy, there's a there's a difference, and I know where I'm biased because I'm a te- I cover Texas. I watch way more yeah. Texas, but I watch Alabama games. I think Jameer Gibbs is a good running back. I just don't – I think they're on different levels. I think Jameer Gibbs is a really good running back. I think Bijan Robinson is a transcendent player in the NFL. Generational. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think he could have been that that key to getting them into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, they also take an off-ball linebacker in the first round, which is not awesome. a not a first-round pick you normally get. Uh, so they, they did make some – some uh, weird decisions. They take Sam Laporta, who the Cowboys were very high on, apparently, and wanted they take him very early in the second round. Uh, I like the Brian Branch pick. I like the yeah. Hinton Hooker pick. So I think there was some benefit to what they did a little bit later in the draft. Uh, but yeah, that first round, I will give them. I will not give them a good grade for the first round. I think the rest of the dra- draft they did okay because Brian Branch slid a long way in that second pick in that second round to. 14 because people just don't like taking safeties but uh i thought he did i think he's a, a heck of a player uh jacob you got any uh losers no man everybody's a winner everybody's <laughs> a winner saying. get a trophy i'm everybody. just a ball of sunshine ray of positivity <laughs> uh i will tell you i do have a loser here for you the denver broncos yes. <laughs> uh had a lot of issues they used their first pick in the second round to take marvin Wims, a wide receiver who's basically similar to all of their other wide receivers a guy who is a good wide receiver. I like Marvin Wims, but he's he's not going to be the he's not the stockiest guy. He's a little bit smaller. He's somebody that could be injury prone on a team where Tim Patrick's always hurt and Jerry Judy's can't stay on the field and you can't get wide receivers to stay on the field and you already have them. You and you couldn't trade Jerry Judy. You tried, couldn't <laughs> trade him. You've been trying to trade wide receivers and you draft another one. I don't get that pick. You then go to a linebacker in the third round. No, you go, no open offensive line. Like, you get offensive line in the seventh round. You get a center. Yeah, come on. Is what you take in the seventh round, uh, the 40th pick of the seventh round. You know, really, really made it a top priority <laughs> to get some O line where that was a real problem for Russell Westbrook. I, I don't know what Sean Payton was 
was thinking, I guess, the guys they had on their board were gone before they got there. That seems like maybe he was just been out of the league <laughs> and out of the loop a little bit too long. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, I, I'd say Denver is, is, near, is very tall on my list. Uh, I'll say the Commanders did not have a great draft either. Uh, not shocking that the Commanders didn't address their needs. The Chargers uh, as well, really kind of. Yeah, the Chargers, that, but that fits what I think the Chargers do, which is <laughs> they sign guys, but then they, like you take Quentin Johnson. I like Quentin Johnson, sure, but you already have, like you're not in win-now mode. No. It seems like they're already basically saying, well, we're going to have to get rid of everybody. So, you know, once we get rid of everybody and, and start over, Quentin Johnson will be really good. Uh, I, I, I just, that draft seemed like something where they didn't address much. Then they take Max Duggan. You know, I guess you need a backup. You're hoping Max Duggan. I, I Look, he's going to, I think Max Duggan is one of those guys in the NFL who's good for a win. <laughs> no, like, if you need him, he's a backup that's coming in there. He he knows how to go in and play good football. Like, I think he's good for that one win until everybody gets game film on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then once everybody has film on him, then it's like, all right, all right, we're going to, once we're prepared for him. But if, if Herbert goes down, you probably get, you may win that week and you may win another week. But then it's going to go downhill quickly. So, yeah. look, I mean, good on you. Forget that. And that's better than a lot of players. Like Stetson Bitson Bennett is not good for a win. Stetson Bennett is good for a drive. Oh. <laughs> He's good. Does the drive if Matt Stafford, if Matt Stafford like has to go to the bathroom, <laughs> Stetson Bennett will be really good this year in that sense. If if St- if, Mar- if Matt Stafford at some point gets a hangnail and has to go into the trainer tent and take on, unwrap his foot and everything, and he's out for six seven plays, Stetson Bennett can hand the ball off really mm. well. I mean, that form is impeccable on that handoff. <laughs> he's gonna. I I tell you too. When you see how small Stetson Bennett is, like he's. I love when we were talking about Bryce Young being small. You're like Stetson Bennett's also small, but you're just like you just think no one's gonna hit him because they like him. I guess I don't know why he's. I I get taken. I do not get to why you took him that early. Yeah. They took him way too early. I didn't get why the the Rams took him that early. Some big surprises. You already mentioned it, the Texas trade up. Of course, is probably the top surprise. Uh, super early in this draft, uh, trading back up and getting number two and number three. Uh, everyone's saying it's done in a way where C.J. Stroud, you had to take C.J. Stroud first in that because if he's still on the board, then the number three pick becomes much more valuable because everybody's training up to get C.J. Stroud. So you had to take him first to clear the way for the defensive ends. And because there was uh, debate on who the top tight, uh, top defensive end was, and now it's projected that Will Anderson was a guy – but the distance between him and Tyree and the difference between him and uh, and Jalen Carter was close enough that people are like, well, I'm not going to trade everything up to get the one guy when I can wait right. a couple more picks and try and get somebody else. And we saw Jalen Carter fell all the way to the Eagles. Uh, I do want to say one of my surprises is the Cowboys not taking a running back earlier in this draft. Right When we say, you know – Kellen Moore just like to score all those points, run up them numbers, but, but no, no, nah, that's not what we're gonna do. That's no, we're gonna run the ball. Okay, <laughs> Tony Pollard's hurt. All right, that's kind of a problem. So we, do, we don't have a running back. Let's go get one. Who do you want to get? Well, I heard Ronald Jones from around the area. Good so you want to you want to ask him who we should sign? No, we signed him. Really? Two teams have just told you he's not good enough to get on the field. Yeah. The Bucks and the Chiefs told you he's not good enough to get on the field. Uh, I don't know if he's gotten better, but a couple years ago, his uh, pass block grade was 145th out of 151. That's good, right? Not great. Oh, okay. Not great. <laughs> and so you take Deuce Vaughn later in this draft, right? And I Powerhouse. Stories, it's got a great story. It's got a great story. Yes. And Deuce Vaughn at that position was a steal. Deuce Vaughn will be very good in the NFL. There's one major problem. He's the exact same player as Tony Pollard. (laughs) So it's not a change of pace. You have another guy who is quick, can get to the outside, can catch the ball some, can do a lot of things, but you've already got him. So, Tony, I love the Deuce Vaughn pick if you're not going to pay Tony Pollard next year. If you say we'd franchise tagged him, he wants too much money, see you later, Tony Pollard. We have Deuce Vaughn now. That's our guy. I'm fine with that. If you want to win a Super Bowl this year, you have to find another running back. Yeah, You have to find another running back. 
because Ronald Jones, Deuce Vaughn, and an injured Tony Pollard cannot get you the 45 carries you need a game. You need 40 carries a game minimum. With this Mike Mike McCarthy, we're going to run the ball. We're focused completely on defense. We're a run team now. Who is going to carry this ball, and who is going to protect Dak Prescott? I know you wanted four tight ends now so you can, you can get some more blocking for him, but who's going to protect Dak Prescott? Because Deuce Vaughn, Lord knows he tries. He's not big enough to be a real blocker. He can he can basically try and do little chop blocks and little and little cut blocks, right? Which he does well, but Very he's just annoying. not big enough. So I like Deuce Vaughn. I think he's going to be a good player and be in the league for a while. I think he's going to be very valuable. And if the if the Cowboys do move on from Tony Pollard, he'll be a huge addition to the Cowboys for several years as a as a second back. You still need that first back, and I think you could have taken that in that second round, in that third round. I think there were still backs out there. Sure. I don't know why they didn't go for it then. So I don't it's not any disparaging on Deuce Vaughn. It's disparaging on the thought process of the Cowboys, and it makes you think. There it is. Is all of this subconscious or very conscious a reason for Jerry Jones to draft and go, guys, I tried. I tried to get everybody. I, Man, look, we got we got old hometown boy Ronald Jones. We got, oh, man, Chris's son Deuce is here. Man, look at Deuce. Look at him run. I always great, but Tony Pollard that that injury. I don't know. We, you know, I think we need to get somebody who knows the team. We need somebody who knows our team. Yes. And, you know, got a heart of a champion. Yes. And we're gonna re-sign Zeke. That's what and you know what? I don't think we need to re-sign him for one year, not two years. Let's go get Zeke on a three-year deal. But it's gonna be team friendly, guys. It's gonna be a team friendly deal, and Zeke will be retire as a Dallas Cowboy. And after the season, Zeke will get cut once again. Because his numbers will be even worse than they were before. He can pass block. He can pass block. But you watch as Dak Prescott gets annihilated in in scrimmages, in OTAs, that every play is whistled dead immediately as the as a defensive lineman because his defense is going to be elite. Oh yeah, and they're going to be pass rushing against a tight rookie and sophomore tight end. And a your 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 backup plan is Deuce Vaughn and Ronald Jones are your two running backs that are going to be there in training camp. You, you have to bring somebody else in. I, I'm calling the I'm calling the Titans. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm calling the Titans. I would hope so, but we both know what the answer really is. As much as you were joking there, oh, we, we know both what know is. what the answer is. We know what the answer is. Oh, that yeah. we know what the answer. is. And are you a fan of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really, one hundred percent. Oh. Yeah, I was the one. Bang- no, Jacob's was- been a Cowboys fan his whole life. He doesn't know what victory tastes like. Yeah, exactly. he has no idea what a Super Bowl tastes like. Uh, yeah, he doesn't all- want to get there. All I know is how to win twelve games and then losing the playoffs. Okay. And I'm just trying to get back to that. And I think Zeke on the team brings us back to that level. <laughs> oh, uh, it's fair. so bad. All right, you know what? I'm gonna take a break. All right, we're gonna calm down. I'm gonna call Zeke on the phone and tell him just don't answer Jerry's calls. They're prank phone calls. Don't answer them. <laughs> Make him make a trade for Derrick Henry. we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the NBA playoffs, give you an update here of Lakers and Golden State, and uh, get into Black Sports Spotlight, Top Shelf, Bottom Shelf, and a whole lot more here on Instant Serious on the Horn 104.9, 1019 AM 1260. Back at Instant Serious on the Horn. Remember, the Specs text line is open, 512-337-3776. Thanks for all of our listeners who are big fans of Zeke coming back. (laughs) Guys, guys, thinking with your heart, you've got Jerry Jones in your blood. Thinking with your heart, or maybe you've just been hitting that Johnny Walker. (laughs) I think that's what it is. I think everybody's been hitting that Johnny Walker, and they're like, ah, no, man, Zeke, man, I remember the glory days. Getting all sentimental. (laughs) Man, it was so great when we first signed him, and he was a good running back. And then, like, years later when he was an okay running back, he's still one of the better ones. And then last year when he was really not that good at running back. But he'll be better again. I pro- I tell you, because he, he had a whole offseason off, unlike every other year. <laughs> oh, man, he's not, he's not digressing. His role's just changing. 
Oh, his role go. is changing. Yeah, his role is changing. His role is changing to a guy who's got to carry the ball 20 times a game. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what his role's been. Yeah, exactly. Pretty sure what his role's been. Uh-huh. Yeah, trade for Derrick Henry. Not <laughs> not a complicated. He's going to be cheaper than Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook, and he's available. Uh, and don't let the Bills get him. Cause, and, oh, God. By the way, Bills didn't draft a running back. Yeah. Do, do they know that you're allowed to draft running backs? I don't like, think do so. Do they know that you're allowed to have running backs on your team? <laughs> or are they? We got Naheem Hines. We're good. We got James Cook and Naheem Hines. Well, Josh Allen is RB1. <laughs> he is RB1. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Everybody keeps uh, – Puna Ford just went there. They're like, oh, we're going to try and win. They have more guys that say they're going there to win a championship. And you're like, dude, I don't know. They're, they're 50-50 Brian Dayball leaving marks the end of this experiment. <laughs> Like, they'll be good, but I don't know. Like, last year, they didn't look like the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl like they did with Brian Dayball there. No, and they the, didn't. And how much better Daniel Jones looked, he went, ooh, ooh, that was a big part of that was Brian Dayball, right. wasn't it? Uh, let's talk a little NBA playoffs uh, right now. The Lakers are up 21-19 to 19 with about three minutes left in this first quarter. Guys, uh, either one of you keeping up with uh, what's happening in this game? Uh, I've been spot checking it. I know that uh, first time I looked up, we were down. Now we're up, so I feel really good about it. Um, looks like they're getting out in transition and playing pretty quick, which is kind of what you have to do with Golden State. We were just talking about that during yeah. the break. Um, I just I hope we keep seeing Anthony Davis in the paint because I don't want to see him turn into a seven foot shooting guard. It's hey, been a little sloppy though, for sure. It's been sloppy. This series will probably get. I mean, this day you can tell uh, the Warriors are still basically playing. They went straight from that seven-game series straight into this. Yeah. Now they're at home, but you only had a day off in between. they got to go back and play again. We know Street Clothes Davis doesn't like to play back-to-back games, so we're not sure if he's going to be able to play at the uh, the intensity for the full 40 minutes. LeBron James has not been able to hit his shots. Is this – this to me is one – this seems like a bigger game. Most of the time, game threes are the biggest game in a series. This game two for the Warriors – seems huge to me, right? Oh, for sure. Only for the Warriors, though, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the Lakers can lose and it'd be fine. Right. But for the Warriors, if you go down 2-0 and you can look at game one and go, we lost game one. Yeah. Like, the the, the 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 Lakers played a good game, but they you knew what they were going to do, yeah. and they did it to you, and you just missed threes. You shot six free throws in that game. Yeah. It didn't be aggressive. And I feel like, and we saw Jordan Poole's shot selection. That was it. atrocious. Well, he's the best. Clay Thompson was not setting his feet, not taking great shots. I, I think that there's there there's a lot on the line to have this Golden State team be able to walk into LA and not be down not have two. any riffs yeah. on this team. They've already tonight put Jamichael Green into the starting lineup because they wanted to stretch out uh the 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 feet the court because they needed room to drive because Anthony Davis as good as he was on the offensive end, was just as impactful on the defensive end. Oh, yeah. The Lakers had 10 blocks, four from Anthony Davis, three from LeBron James. They're trying to spread that out. But I don't know how much that is going to work because the Lakers are sagging off. They're letting guys shoot. That was the plan in game one. Let the guys shoot a little bit. We don't think you're going to hit at that rate. If we give you an open shot and you catch the ball five feet behind the, line, uh, behind the three-point line, you're going to take it for some reason. Right. <laughs> I'm 10 feet away from you. You're five feet from the line. You can dribble up the line, <laughs> and I can't get like you're still open, yeah. right? And you can set your feet, or you can set two feet behind the line and set your feet, step into the shot, and it becomes a sixty to seventy percent chance of going in. But you're shooting sideways from ten, from six, seven feet behind the line of scrimmage or behind the the three point line. That's shot, it's crazy why you're taking that shot. They shot it pretty well, though, right? The big three, they each hit six threes. They did. I Clay Thompson didn't shoot great in the game, and Jordan Poole just kept heat checking. So he would hit, and then he would be like, "All right, I'm on. I'm in Fuego, guys." And you're like, "Dude, you were I'm in Fuego in the second quarter. It's the fourth quarter. The Dude, fire has been put. It's you. We've already. The embers are cold. You can't do this anymore. Uh, but all right, dude, both of you guys are going Lakers tonight. I have the Warriors winning tonight. Uh, it's still a close game. I think the Warriors respond. They're a championship caliber team. Both these teams are. I just I have the Warriors not losing two in a row. Yeah, I mean I I have the Warriors too. Uh, just just like everything you just said, they have to win this game. Jacob, 
Oh, don't come over here because it is pure uninspired ignorance over here. <laughs> the Lakers are going to sweep this series, sweep the series. and then they're going to mow through whoever gets out of Phoenix and Denver. Well, and we they're going to win the well, championship. Let's talk about that. We know who's giving out of Phoenix and Denver. <laughs> yeah. Who Denver seems to be putting a whooping on this Phoenix team? <laughs> Denver seems to be hitting their stride right now, which is a problem. Uh, it is scary. I think it's scary for anybody in the East, anybody in the West, that right now, and this could change. We know that's that's how basketball do. It could change. <laughs> Uh, but right now, if Jamal Murray continues playing at the level he's playing at, Jokic, it, that's the reason Jokic jokes, because he's that consistent. Mm. He's going to continue playing. They continue to get the, the additions of, of the rest of this team. They're running a pretty small lineup, so if they don't get worn out, they're able to close these series out pretty quickly. The news that Chris Paul is out for at least Game 3, 99% Game 4, and probably not a Game 5, this seems like it's not going to go more than 5, does it? Yeah, surprise! It's the postseason, and Chris Paul's hurt. I mean, and I know it's, it's Chris legacy. Paul being disappointing. It is, and it's kind of funny. It is, it's kind of bit, funny a because bit, a little sad. I never played for my team, and he always tried to beat us. So I'm just not a fan. And he hit one shot to knock us out of the playoffs in like 2014, <laughs> and I still haven't gotten over it. So uh, Chris Paul and and his brother Cliff Paul, forget y'all, <laughs> forget y'all. That's what happens to guys who knock the Spurs out of the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Is this so? This is a failed experiment. Then after even just half a season with no, KD, there. I, I think I don't this think is. So. I think they fell into the same thing that we saw that that Dallas did. Now, not to the same extent, but you can't make a trade like this and then sit okay. You can't go. Well, right. we made this trade and that's it. You have to go. All right, we're now we we've jumped in. We have to go all in. We need more depth. We need to have another point guard on this roster. We need to have another like we need other guys because we can't expect all of our guys to score 40 points a game. Yeah, I mean, and they gave their entire depth to get him. But I think it's kind of hard to do at the midseason to put him in and just automatically assume he's going to be able to gel with them. Because yeah, I, I think uh, he was injured and he didn't play uh, but maybe a handful of games. No, he didn't. But I don't even think it's it's on that. You go, they can double on to, they can basically shift the guy over onto Durant and shift the guy over onto Devin Booker and go, DeAndre Ayton beat us inside. We, we think we can go one-on-one there. And we think we can jump off of Chris Paul or whoever's playing point guard. And we think we can jump off of whoever's playing shooting guard or, or small forward. We can jump off of those guys. And we're not worried about it. We're just not worried about those guys beating us. So Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have to beat guys with basically a help defender on them at all times. Right. It becomes really hard to do. And then on the other end of the court, they're trying to play defense. And Aaron Gordon is, is playing his best basketball yeah. of his career right now. And boy, if you don't want to know when you tell a player's a bust, look at what happened between Orlando Aaron Gordon and Denver Aaron Gordon, where they were like, he's a good dunker, but he doesn't really want to try on defense. And now he's shutting down Kevin Durant, or not shutting down, but he's, he's playing really good minutes against Kevin Durant playing defense. Yeah, he's affecting the game. And you go, maybe it was coaching. Maybe it was because <laughs> the culture there wasn't right. Maybe you get him on a good team with the good people around him and a good coach, and this guy can go win. And uh, it's fun to see because I was a fan of Aaron Gordon from the beginning. It was a guy that I really wanted the Spurs to go after at a point. Uh, so it's nice to see when you're right about a guy and you're like, oh, he wasn't, he wasn't garbage. I knew it. Uh, but it, it, right now, they they got to be the favorite to win the title, and you're hoping that Phoenix is going to be able to come back and Durant and Devin Booker just put together a performance in Game 3 to at least shift Prolong. the conversation. Yeah. Shift the conversation of, oh, man, maybe these guys can do it. Knicks versus Heat. Jimmy Butler's out, and the Knicks still have a hard time beating him. When Jimmy's back, this this Miami's just killing it right now, right? Like, what is – I don't know how Miami – we all thought – They were done. We No, we thought Miami going into the playoffs in the play and we're like, watch out for Miami. And they lose that first play-in game, and we all say – Guess we were wrong. Miami's done, guys. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we thought Spolster's good coach. Jimmy Butler's a playoff guy. Maybe we could do it. No. Move on. They go on to start to destroy. They Jimmy Butler is playing at a different level. The whole team is playing really well right now. Kevin Love addition seems to be great. Do you think it's sustainable, though? I don't. Yeah. I don't once they get. The problem is I. it depends. So if they go up against the Celtics, it is. They go up against the 76ers. I think that's where it starts to go downhill because I think Embiid can go inside and change this series. Oh, okay. I think I think the Philadelphia will play a little bit tougher. You play against P.J. Tucker as well, who's a guy who knows that team really well. He's playing yeah. Philadelphia now. I think there are some guys in Philadelphia who will play a little bit more physical where if you go to Boston, Miami will be the aggressor, and I think they can win that series. 
Either way, I don't see anyone in the East beating any beating Denver right now. You mean right? the Lakers, right? Beating, beating the Denver Lakers? right now, okay. yeah. a well-rested Denver team. Well, it's a good who, thing they don't have to worry a, about A well-rested Denver, Denver team <laughs> who sweeps the Lakers <laughs> or the Warriors, whoever wins this series, with zero trouble, no games within 30 points. Wow. Just wow. domination. All right. I know. It won't be that bad, but it will be. I, I, I do think there is something to be said of we're all watching this series being like, man, these guys, and we're like, maybe they beat an overrated Memphis team. And uh, – what? Wait, we, you watched the game Game one. They looked awesome against... I, I, I get it. I, I think there's good players. I don't know if either one of these teams is at that level. I think there might be that Denver and Phoenix were a, yeah. a step ahead of everybody else in this sure. in this playoffs, and, it's gonna and be tough Denver is handling Phoenix right now. Yeah, and if but, you want... you know, a game changes. Jamal Murray has been known to disappear. And if Jamal Murray starts to disappear, this all starts to fall apart because then it, too much has to go on Jokic and the role players, and everything can fall apart. It's a, it's all Jenga, and based on Jamal Murray handling his load. If he can't do that, it's going to be problems. 76ers and Celtics, uh, Joel Embiid's out. They win. Joel Embiid comes back. They, they lose. lose bad. Uh, <laughs> they lose bad. Smacked around. Who you got in this series? Uh, God, that's a crapshoot. It, it just really depends. I, would, I was very confident with the Celtics, but now – they just kind of look in disarray, and I don't really trust the coach anymore. I feel like that's really going to be the yep. the Achilles heel. So I'm going to go 76ers. Jacob? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to lean that way too. We're um, all going 76ers. Yeah. Just the Celtics, I do it every year when they make the postseason. It's like it's the same question. Are Tatum and Jalen Brown enough? Like is that enough to go out there and for every series they have to go through to yeah. make it yeah. to the finals and win a championship? And it just – I don't think it is. No, and it's – you're relying so much now on Marcus Smart to be the Marcus Smart that he was a couple of years ago. You're yeah. relying on uh, Derek White to be just as trans – like a really much better player. And I like Derek White, believe me. Uh, but sure you need you him or Mike, Malcolm Brogdon to really step up their game and, and it, over and over again – where I think Embiid had that bad game, he come back a game too early, just was out of rhythm. I think he'll step back up, and uh, the physicality of it will will lead this series to the Seventy Sixers. Let's go over Black Sports Spotlight of the Week, Anthony. What do you got for us this week? All right, today we're going to be talking about a George Talifiero, born January 8, 1927. He was a professional American football player. He played halfback and quarterback. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, a first-team All-American. He was the NFL kick return yards leader in 1951. And most importantly, he was the first African-American drafted by, the, by an NFL team drafted by the Chicago Bears in 1949 in the 13th round with the 29th pick. In 1981, he was inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame. So salute to the first African-American drafted by the by NFL team, George Talafiero. Salute, salute. Uh, Mike Torres, uh, we, I knew it was a plan all along. I knew that they were going back for Zeke all along. We, we all knew this. <laughs> I'm just trying to give Jerry some credit where credit isn't due. That's all okay. I'm trying to do. Uh, let's go to the top shelf, bottom shelf every week. Uh, Anthony will time the stories that we did not have time to get to in the rest of the show, and I will tell you if they're the top shelf grade A. Oh, my God, B. John Robinson's number seven pick. Or bottom shelf, hey, Jerry, you can't run the damn ball without oh it running back. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hurt you. Remember, you can join the conversation, 512-337-3776. Anthony, what's the first story? All right, I'm hurting your feelings since you were trying to hurt mine. Uh, Hunter Dickinson <laughs> transfers to Kansas. Man. Man, Kansas is going to be good next year. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like they get Arterio Morris from us. Uh, Texas gets a couple more transfers today. Uh, they're not huge transfers. It is nice, though, to fill out the roster. You're going to need some guys. Uh, there was just not there was not a full roster put together at Texas yet, so getting a couple more additions, a uh, player from UTEP, a player from UT Arlington. Uh, so it's good to see that. But, yeah, Hunter Dickinson apparently wanted to go to Kentucky, but the Kentucky player that is – currently trying, seeing if he's going to go into the draft or not, has not said if he's coming back. So mm. Hunter Dickinson doesn't want to go there if he's going to be competing sure. for a position. Uh, he didn't want to wait forever. Ends up going to Kansas. Kansas wins again. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to get lucky enough to beat him three times in a season next year. That's I, a problem. I think you'll be surprised <laughs> at how disappointing he is, being a Michigan fan. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. I, it's kind of I, I, I kind of need right? him, too. I'm all, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, is, right. uh, that one's painful. Uh, bottom shelf. Bottom, very bottom shelf. <laughs> Ooh, right gut. I called this one uh, Coach Bud fired by the Bucks. This is uh this is bottom shelf. I don't like the the quick trigger firings in the NBA, but it is the way of the NBA now. But you got to think about the play calling. He didn't make any adjustments. Like no, it, I don't, and I don't think it had to do anything with that. I, okay. I I really don't. I think it had to do more do with that. He Giannis didn't like it, and this is my thing. 
This is what it all comes down to. Did Giannis tell him, I want to guard Jimmy Butler, and he said no? If he did, I'm fine with the firing. Yeah. If Giannis didn't tell him that, and he just said, he didn't think of it, then Giannis is the problem. You have to do that. Jimmy Butler told Eric Spolstra, give me the ball. Yes. And yeah. Eric Spolstra said, you're my star. I will do that. Yeah. So if if my, if Coach Bud said, no, I'm not going to – are you listening to what I say? I get it. Yeah. You got to get rid of him because you got to listen to Giannis. You got to listen to your stars in this league. I, I just I, – I find that hard to believe that he was that hard-headed in it. And if he was, I don't know – like, I don't know who else is going to hire him. I mean, I do. It's going to be the Spurs. But <laughs> – <laughs> I don't necessarily want that. I like Coach Bud, but prefer him not to be our head coach. All right. Aaron Rodgers says he will attend over half of the OTA's practices. Uh, guesses on how many OTA practices the Jets have this season. Jacob? 12? Uh, <laughs> Anthony, guess? 10. 10 is correct. They have 10. He can't commit to 10. <laughs> 10's too many, guys. That is a lot. Oh, 10, 10 whole practices I have to show up for? I got to fly out for 10? On a brand new team, uh, brand what, new offense? How, what do I make a year? $40 million? Ah, guys, uh, me and my buddies are going to go down and have a have a bro down, chill down at the <laughs> hangout and make sure our chakras are aligned and our, mm. you know, charge our crystals that day. I can't do it. Man, it's crazy that he is saying he didn't just go. He didn't say most. Say most. Right. If you say most, I'm fine with it. But over half means six. It means six. <laughs> it means you know how many there were, and you were like, I'm not showing up to two weekends of that. <laughs> two weekends, I'm out. I'm not coming back. You want me to come back? Hey, Randall Cobb, send me some videos. Send me some videos. Let me know how the receivers are doing. But I'm going to show up, Seriously. tell them what to do, and then I'm going to go home and do whatever else I want. And somehow it's acceptable now that I do that, even though it's a new team, because the expectations are so low that even saying more than half everybody goes, oh, wow, Aaron Rodgers really grew up. (laughs) What job do you have where you can do that? I want that job. I want to go. I'm leaving right now. Yeah, I'm going to do it next week. I did more than half the show, guys. (laughs) Dead air. (laughs) 13 minutes left. Dead air. All right, next question. Uh, Grizzlies tell Dylan Brooks he won't be back. Uh, this is hilarious. Very top shelf. Yes. I mean, this is Jerry Jones level alcohol right here. I need, <laughs> I need the bottle that is behind the counter, like where someone has to go get it. It's in, it's in a, the case is expensive. I need that bottle for this news. <laughs> the fact that Dylan Brooks, they say under no circumstances, under no best circumstances. Part, and wild. then the report is, well, cause he wants 25 mil a year no, Bless his heart. starting at 25 <laughs> and he wants a bigger role. He's like, they just use me as a three and D guy. I'm so much more and you're like, you're not even a three <laughs> not even and a three. D guy. You're a and D guy <laughs> and you got torched in the playoffs by LeBron James. <laughs> So you're a and. <laughs> tell yeah. me what tell me what I'm missing here, Dylan. Uh, I get you want to be better. You want to be the guy. You're not. And if you are, you know who's signing you? Whoever's tanking. Right. That's, they're going to give you a one year deal for 25 million because they have to make they have to pay some amount of money, and they're just going to let you watch the end of your career. <laughs> now, if you want to be a three and D guy and work really hard this offseason on your three point shot, you do play good enough defense for the most part. You got toasted in the playoffs, but you play good enough defense for the most part. Man. You cannot ask for $25 million and a bigger role when your own team just said, go away. That's <laughs> insane to me. Can you imagine getting dumped, walking out of the relationship, and then going on Instagram and being like, Supermodels, it is then. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I, I tried to date my own level. I'm too good for him, apparently. Apparently, I'm too good. They were like, nah, we can't keep you around. You're making John ja Moran nervous coming for his job. <laughs> Terrible. We got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do some instant serious news here on the Horn 1049, 1019, and AM 1260. Back at Instant Serious on the horn. We got a little bit of time left, so it's time for some Instant Serious news. Anthony, are you ready? I'm ready. Jacob, are you ready? Uh, I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First story comes from Florida. Always a good place to go in Instant Serious news. Uh, A semi-truck has crashed on a Florida highway. That semi-truck carrying about one million bees. But why? For what? Well, because they're going from bee farm to bee farm, and you say you're transporting. You got to transport bees. Yeah. Uh, So it fell... Tr- bees everywhere, 
Uh, seems seems not fun. They were able to collect them all because bees, by the way, not that aggressive. Most bees, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now, a million of them seems like a lot. Yeah. That seems like a large number of a cool thing. I don't know what cool thing. Like a million puppies, you'd still be like, they might kill me. <laughs> a million puppies might kill me. I don't right. know. Uh, a million kittens, 100% death. There is no <laughs> doubt 100, 1 million kittens. That's you are death you by kitten. Death by kitten. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, though. Have you ever, because I imagine somebody's driving, and then they're like, hey, go around. And you're like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, your car is covered in bees. <laughs> like a scene from an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> it is just, you're like, oh, no, it's the bees. And you find out later the bees are the bees are aliens. And I don't know. I don't know what the M. Shy, it's, it's a new one, so it's a terrible twist. It's yeah. something where you didn't know. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. Or he shoots his kid, and then the fog comes out, and you're like, oh, my God, what a horrible <laughs> memory to leave me with at the Jesus. end of a movie of Night Shyamalan. Why would you do this? Uh, but what's the worst wrong turn, like, scene you've driven into? Has there ever been a point where you, like, took a wrong turn, and you up in a wrong town, or you went up, and you're just like, oh, this is not where I need to be? Uh, uh, you can go ahead. Yes, I have. Um, I wasn't necessarily the driver, um, but the wrong turn ended up in a wrong turn or a wrong town. I was when I was living in Corpus Christi. We went to a minor league baseball game called for the Corpus Christi Hooks. Yeah, and uh, I was enjoying some adult beverages. And when we left the game, I, I wasn't going to drive my vehicle, so I called my friend and said, "Hey, you got to drive me home." They said we're still working our way out, so I said, "I'm gonna crawl in the truck bed and take a nap." <laughs> and I was right. like, "Y'all just drive me home from here." I was in college. I was bulletproof. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I take a nap, I wake up, and, oh, my friends drove me home. This is awesome. Hopped out of the truck bed, and uh, I'm in Alice, Texas, which is about an hour away from Corpus Christi. <laughs> not my truck bed. Wait. What? Not, my, not my truck bed. Oh, that is a solid decision right there. That's good. Anthony, you don't, you don't have one? I can't top that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've never woken up in somebody else's car. Oh, the kicker? My truck's not in the parking lot. We Ubered to the game. Solid. <laughs> that is solid. So nice. your your truck. Now, luckily, your truck's at home. Yes, it didn't get towed on top of that. We're right. Like, no, I didn't have to do that whole routine. You didn't have to do the thing where you go there and you're like, it's not here. Maybe it's at the house. And you're like, not at the house yeah, either. No. I don't yeah, know. Right. Uh, our next story: a uh, school principal in West Virginia, another place that I never want to go to, uh, <laughs> has uh, started off his day. Part of what they do in the beginning of the day, getting ready, he unlocks these dumpsters in the back. They lock them up so people don't use them. You know the. Uh, he goes to unlock the dumpster, and as he does it, uh, he flips it open, and a bear pops out. What? That's a bummer. Yeah, and the video That's is great, bummer. because this guy's like, He oh. hightails it. The bear hightails it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, I just died. Yeah. And like, <laughs> guys, hold the coffee. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, have you ever, uh, what's the worst surprise you've ever had? Uh, so for me... I've had plenty of adult surprises that we really can't talk about. But a uh, <laughs> little kid, uh, my dad uh, was terrible with presents, and uh, my last present was a bunch of old clothes and ties. And he was like, this is for when you grow up. And I was all, this is the worst thing ever. It did turn out to be tickets to the Michigan game, so it worked out. But It, it was worked out? Terrible oh, surprise. Sounds terrible like an amazing surprise. surprise. Yeah, no, but the surprise of clothes, yeah. Yeah. never good. Old never clothes, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the surprise of uh, getting woken up one morning. At after a party and someone's knocking on my door and I'm like, who's this? And then I was the bad surprise because he thought the girl that used to live there was still there. Oh, no. no. And then just oh, hung over no. Patrick opens the door with no shirt on. <laughs> oh. And he's like, hell. He's uh, let's, oh. We're doing this. Yeah. This went That's from a really cool a Saturday surprise. to a really weird Saturday. <laughs> we're out of time. Follow us on all social medias. Thanks to Jacob Standard. Thanks to Anthony White. I'm Patrick Davis. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Peace.